Welcome to That's So Retrograde. Oh my God, we've done it again. We're here. We've, we've al- lived to record another episode. We've aligned in this moment. Mm-hmm. We're all together. Let's all take a collective deep breath because if there's one thing we've learned, <sighs> breathing is good. Oh, I didn't collectively. Okay. Also, if you've got it near you, hydrate. Water. Wow. Kombucha. She's full of hot tips today, Whatever guys. you got. Yeah. Now that we've dialed in. Yeah. We're here. I'm Elizabeth Cott. And I'm Stephanie Simbari. This is That's So Retrograde. Couldn't be more stoked for today's episode. Me too. It's been a long time coming. It's going to be a great conversation on a new kind of self-care. Yeah. Speaking of self-care. Yeah. We did a lot of day rosé drinking for Elizabeth's birthday. We did. And here's the thing, you guys. With enough will and tenacity... You too can day drink in your 30s if you want it bad enough. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 32. Yeah. <laughs> and by that, I mean we're still hungover <laughs> and it's four days later. <laughs> we tried it. It was so fun. It was really fun. We had a blast. Thank you for making my birthday so special. You're welcome. It was really amazing. It was it my was, pleasure. It was It was the first time I ever had a surprise. Oh, yeah. That was like so cute. Party. Elizabeth's boyfriend surprised her with a breakfast. Which was so funny. Yeah. I was so resistant to it. I was like, I don't know if we're going to have time because Steph and I had something planned. Like We had like a thing to hour. do. And I knew. So like as I, I kept texting him like over and over again. I was like, Joey, I just feel like maybe we should move it to 12 or like we have a call. Like, I, in my head, I was just playing it out how you were going to like yeah, react. Yeah, I don't do well with with I and like, I knew you were going to be like, I just don't have time for breakfast today. But then I, my my little caveat in my head was like, maybe because it's her birthday, she'll be like a little more lenient. Yeah. And you were. I was. I was chill. It was just funny in hindsight, the f- the evening before, he was like, so I was thinking like 10 o'clock we go to Hugo's. And I was like, okay. And then as we're driving there, I was like, did you talk to Steph? Is she going to meet us? Because I was like, we had, we had something to do. So I was like, it'd be perfect. Like, we'll, we'll connect. We'll go. And he was like, I don't know. I think she's sleeping. And I was like, I've already talked to her today. So this doesn't add up. But then it was so magical and beautiful. And I just had never been surprised like that. So it just cute. meant so much. It was Aww, so special. You are loved. It was so special. Yay. Um, and so, yeah, and that happened. For your birthday, I got you a great episode. You sure did. Yeah. This one today. Yeah. We have Kiana and Kayla Reeves, sisters, mm-hmm. and they have an incredible concept company. The They're Sisterhood of the Traveling Yoni Eggs. Exactly. Or it's called The Tulip. Yeah. I think people know it's not called The Sisterhood of the Traveling Yoni But Eggs. in my head, I, I, for a second, I was like, is it called? Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> so no. It was, that was more my, like, just mental track of yeah. just, like, getting on your page, but... I just added dialogue to it. We're so excited to welcome the founders of The Tulip at thetulip.co, Kiana Reeves and Kayla Reeves. Kiana Reeves is here? And sisters of Kiana Reeves. Nah, nah. No. What if they were like, actually, that's true, but we don't talk about it because we don't want it to eclipse our jade egg fame. It would be embarrassing. Yeah. They're like, actually. (laughs) You can't get off the bus until you shove 50 yoni eggs in your pussy. You can't imagine the questions I've had my whole life. Really? I can only imagine. (laughs) The joke never gets old, to be honest. So you guys are the creators of The Tulip, which is, as I just mentioned, a company that distributes yoni eggs. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is a new thing in the cultural lexicon. And we are fascinated and we are here for it. I met you guys at Mercado Sergrado where I purchased my own personal yoni egg. Have and then lost it. No, I. Well, I did lose it for a temporary amount of time, which provided great fodder for my comedic life. Um, Wait, I, you lost it while you were using it? No, not like inside of <laughs> okay. me. Although I did one time not put the string in it mm-hmm. and could not for the life of me. I had to like shoot it out of my body like oh, I was yeah. laying yeah. an egg. Totally. Exactly. You have to learn how to lay an egg. I did not enjoy that, I'll say. That's birth It's prep. a new experience. Really? Sure. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Birth prep, shove, not ready for it. Is that how you give birth to a baby? Yeah, same but muscles. It's much larger. It's, it's actually excellent <laughs> preparation <laughs> for. I'm like, mean, a baby is in two inches by two <laughs> inches, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so, but. before we get ahead of ourselves with birthing practices and whatnot, yoni eggs. Yoni Can eggs. Can you tell us what they are? Yeah, so um, a yoni egg, I think most people are becoming aware of it now and think it's a, a newer thing. Mm-hmm. And it actually um, comes from the ancient tradition of Taoism. And it's a way to cultivate and balance your sexual energy um, and also creativity, things like that. And um, basically, 
sort of like Yoni Egg 101 is uh, it's a jade stone shaped like an egg. Ideally, it's going to be drilled all the way through. And uh, you use it to strengthen your pelvic floor muscles, cultivate a a stronger mind-body connection to your pelvic region. Um, And if you have a habitualized practice, it's something you can do to um, be more familiar with your own body, which you like pleasure-wise. There's a whole slew of benefits. I'm sure I'm missing hundreds of them. So many. I think one of our favorites is ritualized self-care. It's something Mm -hmm. where you... um, continuously bring awareness and a practice to bring you back in touch with your vagina. And Mm -hmm. we're kind of of the belief that we're in a culture that has numb vaginas. It's Mm. really resensitizing physically. Mm -hmm. It's also really, really can help connect with the psycho kind of somatic sexual connection to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I would just add to that. um, We think it's, a really awesome tool for vaginal self-care um, and that all other forms of vaginal self-care are kind of more like pushy, pussy pressure. Which is, what would be totally. like, what's other forms totally. of vaginal exactly. self-care? So like, exactly, right. None, so really. I've it's never even really most, heard that before. Right, yeah. so outside of like taking care of your yoni when you're bleeding, we don't really interact with our vaginas at all or if there's like something wrong with it or we're having an intimate experience either solo or uh, with a partner and um, if you were to like stroll down the like personal care aisle you'd see like things like summer's eve wash that are telling you that you smell wrong and totally. you need to smell a different way or like here's some wax so you can dehair yourself or you know mm-hmm. just a lot of pressure to be tight and to like smell a certain way and to behave a really particular way instead of being more holistic and accepting of our bodies as they are totally so real so with the yoni you use in particular jade with mm-hmm. the eggs that you yeah, we will talk to us about why. Well, uh, so we only sell jade for a really important reason, and that is for um, sanitary reasons, and that just comes down to science, mm-hmm. and that is that. Uh, Jade, nephrite jade in particular, has a very dense molecular structure. And what that means is that um, the molecules are all packed very, very tightly. Like if you were to look at jade underneath a microscope, you would see very, very little space. As opposed to something like rose quartz, um, you can even see the fractures in the stone itself like if you were to just look at it with the naked eye. And what that means is that when there's more space or it's a more porous stone, you can't properly sanitize the egg. And bacteria grows. Bacteria grows. You are at risk for um, exposing yourself to like potentially infectious bacteria. Um, The other thing too is that quartz in particular is really fragile. So there are stories of women who have used a quartz yoni egg and then it'll shatter after they use it. Or Inside of them? No. Oh, <laughs> I hope not. No. Just pulling out, out pieces no. of crystal. Oh. Sanitizing oh. From your right. Vagina. If you, um, yeah. I had an experience Thanks. where I was trying to sanitize one and I uh, poured boiling water over it and the whole thing just went and like split. Um, and, and if you're a beginner to yoni egg practice, you know that it's not very uncommon for your egg to kind of like slip out or you lose it in the toilet or, you know, um, and you run the risk of it shattering if you're working with a stone that's not very dense. And so for those reasons, we are committed to only selling jade because the science tells us that it's a really safe egg to use for sanitary reasons. Black obsidian. Yeah, I don't, I think obsidian um, if you've ever seen it, well, it hasn't been polished. It, it can fracture pretty easily. Okay. So if it were to drop, it's it could delicate. shatter. Yeah. So it's pretty delicate. Um, th- for, for sanitizing jade, you boil it. You boil it up for 10 minutes. And that's actually what you should do immediately after you get an egg is you need to sanitize it before you use it for the first time. Because there's a lot of people's hands touching it through the production process. And then sage it properly. Exactly. <laughs> you can put it, you know, if you, if you want to cleanse it, if moon. that's your thing, put it under the moon. Yeah, exactly. You know. Um, but jade is actually formed under a tremendous amount of pressure. And um, at three times, maybe six, my I math think it's is off. Six, six times the uh, temperature of boiling. And I think it's like 1,112 degrees Fahrenheit. Whoa. So it's perfectly safe to boil your jaded. And it's actually a really great thing to do from time to time as you're practicing to keep it sanitized, to keep right. it safe. Um, and as we all know, pussies can be particularly picky and sensitive. And you don't want to put anything up there that's going to potentially disrupt 
what's going on down there. So. Right. Mm-hmm. She's and it's quite really, finicky. <laughs> she, she is. is. <laughs> <laughs> so sassy. <laughs> I was going to say, it's really tempting to put, like, all of the crystals. There's so mm-hmm. many people selling different types really of eggs pretty. with different properties. Right. Like the rose quartz and the love and the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. And ideally, I love that idea. We were really drawn to it, too. But it's just, it's a mucous membrane, so you have super absorbent tissue. And... And crystal properties aside, it's like the best stone that you could use. It's like maybe just wear a rose quartz around your neck. Exactly. Or get a waist beads and wear them around your waist if you need it. Right. And that's not to say that other people who are selling uni eggs are like malicious. It's just uh, misinformation or they just don't know. Um, But now all of you who are listening, you know. So So talking about misinformation, let's have a conversation about the way in which the yoni egg has entered our awareness. I think Mm -hmm. for a lot of people it came via Goop and then after that there was like rebuttal articles Mm -hmm. and like what, how did that affect your guys' world? What exactly? There was a lot of fear. And um, so so in January, Goop published an article um, talking about Yoni eggs. And um, there were some things said in, in that specific article that are really controversial and perhaps warrant the kind of response. So what were the, some of the things that you, when you guys read that, when mm-hmm. you were like, wait, this isn't actually um, real? The claims that they were hormone balancing mm-hmm. is one. Um, so that's false. That, or I it's mean, not a, a corroborated stone, by stone. Yeah, exactly. Not corroborated yeah, by science, Yeah, a stone can't sure. balance your hormones for you. Um, and there isn't any capital S hard science to back that up. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Mm-hmm. But we did have, a, I just want to go into this for a second because mm-hmm. there is something interesting that you said before we were recording about the idea of hormone balancing yeah. where it's mm-hmm. like, if you are regulating or balancing that area of your body in the practice and in the opening, there is a possibility that your body would adjust itself, but it's not directly related to the stone itself. And well, I would say like if you go into traditional Chinese medicine, you can look at meridians and the idea of blood stagnation and what you're really doing when you have a yoni egg practice is increasing the circulation and blood flow to all the tissues. So that in itself is a really healing, Mm -hmm. amazing whole body balancing thing that you can do. Um, And so particularly, maybe not attributing it specifically to the yoni egg practice, but to the act of infusing your pelvic floor with really oxygenated fresh blood Mm -hmm. regularly can can be something of a side effect. But there's like zero claims and zero science obviously behind that. But Mm -hmm. that's, I think, what the the concept behind the idea Mm -hmm. would be. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and I'd, I'd really love to talk about more of like the backlash mm-hmm. from that article. Sure. There was uh, a gynecologist in particular, and I can't remember her name, I wish I could, who wrote a really... I, fa- I have the article we can find. We it, could, yeah. Not necessary. <laughs> it's not necessary. The The main allegation that she made was that putting a jade egg in your yoni is dangerous to your life, primarily from the standpoint of a risk of toxic shock syndrome. And that's a really big statement to make. And uh, when Kiana and I read that, we we're like, "Oh, geez, like that's serious." And you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't recommend this practice or sell these um, these stones to women without doing the research ourselves, right? And so we we were able to kind of like take a step back and say, "Well, what other information can we like? How can we use this as a as a opportunity to to go deeper, to talk to our gemologists, to actually find out?" about what causes toxic shock syndrome, right? Um, and we actually came upon an interview with Dr. Saida Desile, who is the founder of the modern jade egg movement, okay. and this other woman named Layla Martin, who does amazing, amazing things in the uh, women's like, sexual empowerment realm. Um, and they uh, came upon an article that was, I believe, a Harvard study, that was um, essentially saying that toxic shock syndrome is not caused by tampons specifically, but um, synthetic tampons. And so it was the synthetic materials being left in the body for too long that were actually causing the bacteria. um, I can't remember the specific strain of bacteria, but um, that caused toxic shock syndrome. So actually, in the findings of that particular article, organic cotton tampons don't run a risk for toxic shock syndrome. So therefore, if a stone is non-absorbent and it's being used under proper recommended use, so you're sanitizing it 
properly. You're not using it when you're menstruating. Or if you have an infection. You don't use it if you have an infection. You're not leaving it it in for over eight hours. Literally, she's like, at 24 hours, like, who the f... No one's, like, putting it in there and then no. just, like... Well, I have friends who have accidentally left it in that long and they're perfectly right. fine. Totally. Yeah, I don't think that's recommend most people. Definitely we don't recommend not. it. What is yeah. the recommended yeah. time for usage? I'd say you don't really need to leave it in there for eight hours. Yeah. I have myself forgotten about it and woke up in the middle of the night and was like, oh, my gosh, my jade egg is still inside. <laughs> 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 and I'm fine. You know, I've been doing this for a couple of years now, and there are women who have been doing this practice in the United States for over 30 years. Yeah. And they're healthy. They're fine. So Quite vibrant. So then, like, what, like a, an hour, 10 minutes? Yeah, what's the, like, beginner's right, so, so suggestion? That's... that's um, I think that it depends on what the purpose is. Mm -hmm. If your intention is... To try it. Specifically, (laughs) right, to try it. Mm -hmm. Well, sit with it and use it the way your body wants you to. So we recommend specific exercises more towards strengthening and toning, and those can be like 15 minutes. If you're doing that, then that's a really like specific, intentionalized time. Um, You also can lay down with it and do like meditation and breath work with it, which is a much different experience. And that can be an hour, hour and a half, whatever you want it to be. I use it. I'll wear it for a few hours around in the morning. And I I kind of let gravity be my the way that mine works. I just keep it in every time I feel like moving down and pulling it back in. And at the same time as it's strengthening and working my my pelvic floor muscles, it's also sensitizing that whole area inside Mm -hmm. of my vagina. So So another one of the uh, allegations that this particular gynecologist made in rebuttal to the article from Gook was that um, it's really unhealthy to insert a yoni egg and walk around with it with your pelvic floor muscles clenched for multiple hours. That's not a healthy thing. And we agree with that. Um, And the way that uh, we teach and also other teachers who are very, very well respected uh, in this world, um, you don't, we don't teach it that way. You don't insert it and walk around clenched. You actually, if you're able to walk around and keep the egg inside that's a very advanced practice and you're developing the tissues in your vaginal wall to hold it in in a more passive way so that's a really important distinction i'd like to make because it's not like you put the egg and you're just like holding and clenching the entire time it's it's not about being really tight it's not about having a tight pussy right it's it's developing strength is one aspect it's also developing um how to like relax and ease into it um, because that's where you're going to be able to help with the resensitizing and actually help grow or potentially encourage more pleasure um, neurons. Yeah. Yeah. So, Innervating all of your nerve endings that e- are. Exactly. In the that's vagina. the word I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what I'm hearing is like, you're not really supposed to just like put it in and go about your day. Like, what you guys are recommending is you're making it a practice. Mm-hmm. Like, a sitting meditation or a nap. Right. Yeah. It can, it can something That's just really chill one. and like a, a way to give yourself time for yourself. Like totally. don't pop in your yoni egg and then go to your corporate job. Yeah. Like separate those two things. You can do that if that's something that you want to do. Right. And there are women who do wear it all day long. And that's a part of their practice. I see. Um, however, I think the thing that we really like to emphasize is radical self-care. Radical yeah vaginal self-care and having a practice that's you certainly can use a jade egg in a way that's sexual and as a way to become turned on and to stimulate play that way it can also it's a it's a holistic tool that can be used for more than just that though right it's you can also use it to help establish that that healthy psychosexual connection with yourself and reintegrate into a part of our bodies that I think most women are just sort of like socially taught to disassociate with to feel shame with to feel guilty about self-pleasure or you know what I mean totally I just started using a period sponge oh yeah do you guys use those I have our sister actually used to use one and she really liked it I'm like obsessed with it now (laughs) because when I use tampons I would get like pain yeah Mm -hmm. it would like hurt me to take it out and I was like oh I hate that feeling and the thing that I, I found most interesting about using the sponge is that like I had to like five times a day be sticking my hand in my vagina mm-hmm. to pull it out. And I was like, wow, this is like a new yeah. kind of, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like, yeah. I was, it's not like I was like getting myself off, but it was just like, I, this is a part of 
my body. person and my body yeah. and like mm-hmm. I have to go to the bathroom wash my hands yeah. do the whole, it's like became a whole different yeah. kind of like ritualized connection to getting my exactly. period so cool which was so nice and then it was like oh yeah I need to relax like yeah. it's mm-hmm. I'm not just putting a tampon and then acting like everything's business mm-hmm. as usual yeah it's plugging not. it up mm-hmm. and forgetting about it totally yeah. mm-hmm. and also ugh, yeah fuck tampons bye I agree. And also, have you used a Diva Cup? Yeah, oh, I yeah. use Diva Cups. You do? Yeah. Oh, my God. It hurts. I'm not into it. I, I used it for a little while. And for me personally, it just didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, same. Um, it was like pushing against my wall. Yeah, and it's, I do a lot of – I'm pretty physically active, so it just – I just always had leakage issues. Right. It just wasn't working for Tipping me. Tipping around. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all yeah. No, I use I use the Diva Cup and I use um the Thinks underwear, which I'm obsessed oh, with. Oh, we have to try those. I love them. Um, yeah, so Thinks is period-proof underwear in a nutshell. And they have this really super amazing um, moisture-absorbent lining. You can wear them all day long. So does the lining come out and you wash that? Mm-hmm. Or that's like always no. there and you're washing the yeah, underwear? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I wear them for like the whole day during and my And does it leak or anything? I think that it probably would if you had a super, super heavy period and wore it for a long amount of time. Okay. But I haven't had any leak problems. And I love being able to just bleed out right. and like not have anything right. inside. Yeah. I feel like yeah. the whole point of your it's trying to period come out. Is, is trying to come yeah. out. Yeah. So. I do hate that it stays up there. Me too. So <laughs> I really appreciate weird. all yeah. of Can't the minds yeah. who are attempting to like just shape shift an industry that seemingly they like created the tampon yeah. and then they're like, okay, we're good now. Exactly. And just there's been no advancement until now in the industry so good for anybody trying to evolve that yeah Yeah. completely I think that's a big inspiration for Kiana and I behind starting this company is that um, we saw what Thinks was doing we're like wow that's badass and we are really passionate about like changing the conversation around women's sexual wellness and like talking about the things that are taboo talking about the fact that things change after childbirth when you try to have sex and like maybe you have incontinence issues and you haven't had children and maybe you like a little bit of pee comes out when you laugh and that's a normal thing and let's actually have conversations about this that are educated and like normalize these things instead of having it be this like very shameful private experiences that we're having totally um, and use it a way to like build sisterhood and lift each other Mm -hmm. up instead of it being this like negative thing also really like the aesthetic pressure that's on vaginas I think is so massive and so subconscious for so many women like Like how do you groom Mm -hmm. how do you groom how do you feel particularly after you have a baby like I've had two babies and and to to feel how my body's changed and then to think of that in relationship to a partner and there's so much like externalized in us about how we're supposed to be for another person. Mm. And really mm-hmm. for us, like the, the Yoni egg in particular, but the whole concept behind what we're doing is bringing it back to like radical self-care, radical self-love going like my fucking vagina is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how it looks. It's amazing how it tastes, how it smells. Like I don't have to alter me to, to please another mm-hmm. person, you know? And I think that that's a really essential and crucial piece to what's changing in the conversations about, vaginas at all because there's this huge increase in labiaplasty which is what's that it's a facelift for your vagina it's literally it's fully cosmetic it's not internal it's making your labia look a certain way based on our ideas of how we're supposed to look but like like can't that desensitize totally it takes off your erectile tissue your female erectile (gasps) tissue it's like cutting it off i mean and like yeah, I was just listening to an amazing interview about this this morning, actually. But you're taking off erectile tissue. You're, you know, losing things that can possibly give you even more pleasure. And also padding, like extra cushions. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's really important to us is just this conversation. Where, like you actually, to love yourself, you really have to love your vagina, too. And what does that yeah. mean? What does that even look mm-hmm. like? We haven't even been taught any kind of conversation like that in our culture at all. I mean, I remember when I was young, I had a conversation. Like, I was, I lost my virginity older, I'm 17, but like, yeah. mm-hmm. where I come from, that was like pretty old. old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, most New Jersey having... horse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're from New York. <laughs> <laughs> the whole entire cop family thinks I'm from fucking New Jersey. <laughs> And it's not even like I care about New Jersey, but because I feel like I have to defend myself now, I'm like, fuck Jersey. Hold it down for New York. It's Westchester. It's the best Chester. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember feeling like that as a, like a ninth grader being like, 
even though I wasn't sexually active, part of my fear about becoming sexually active as a young teenager was like, is my vagina ugly? Oh, yeah. I, had, mm, I mean, I had fully. no frame of reference, really. Yeah. But I remember one of my friends had, like, kind of had this conversation with me, but, like, when we were 14. Yeah. She was getting fingered in, like, sixth grade. Like, yeah. she didn't care. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think I'm really ready to, like, have another person judge me. Or mm. but because that was, the conversation was very much, like, objectification, not, like, a shared experience. Totally. And that really, I don't think, for most people or a large portion of the population, that, like, kind of juvenile experience of sex really... Doesn't so evolve. Traumatizing. Oh, it's huge. Like, even was, online dating culture, it's like the it's like that dick. This person, yeah, that, yeah. it's like very like ob- yeah. everyone's objectified, and it's so mm-hmm. scary yeah. and sad. Yeah, one hundred percent. When yeah. I was in sixth grade, a boy spread a rumor about me that I fingered myself, which wasn't true at the time. But also, would have been fine. But it was so hurtful and yeah. like it shouldn't even have been that hurtful but yeah. just in that age and just the psyche and it was I yeah. probably still am like holding on to to files on that totally sure. totally in sixth grade someone like three of my friends two of my best friends and my boyfriend at the time told me I had like long vagina lips or something and it freaked me out and I was like I don't even know what that means like I don't <laughs> like, even have pubic hair yet I'm not like you're like where is I have to go find a penthouse magazine <laughs> and they look in penthouse and it's like bleached no hair oh, yeah. everything's Some like teeny tiny pussy yeah teeny yeah. so there's that reference I think the pornographic reference as a framework especially for adolescents which is where so many of the adolescents right now are getting their ideas of what anything's supposed to look like, including intercourse, which is really upsetting. Um, with what you guys do in, in working with such like a, a personal object and idea, what have you learned about women, about your customers? Oh, great question. Oh, so a really good question. Um, you should do a podcast. So much. I'm, I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> I think you'd be really good. Do you want to do it with me? <laughs> totally. Perfect. Um, uh, I think... The main thing that we keep seeing over and over again is that there's a really, really deep hunger mm-hmm. in all ages across all female-bodied people. There is a hunger for this right now to really re-enter that space in our body in a really empowered way. And those can be kind of conceptual words, but people are like, oh, my God, something that can bring me to know myself better, to know my pleasure, to take care of myself, to, like, to just really embody that and be like, I am a closed circuit. Like I can sexually pleasure myself. I can I can know how to establish a really healthy connection and a really healthy physical connection with myself. It's just a really empowering holistic tool, mm-hmm. and um, it's not even it's not even just the uni. It's a whole concept around re getting in tune with that idea and and creating a new cultural conversation of what that really looks like. Mm. I love that. I'll just say, yeah, the same. I totally, <laughs> I totally agree with that. I think every woman that I've met that's strolled into our tent um, has been curious and or surprised or maybe shocked and afraid to have the conversation with us. When they see our sign outside that says, meet your vaginas, BFF. I you love know? that. It's just <laughs> like a picture next to that sign. <laughs> People don't know what to expect. And when we open up the the door to have really honest, vulnerable conversations right away. People really respond. And um, that hunger to have those kinds of conversations is real. And it's incredibly healing. And so I think... It for, I think for us, anytime we meet customers in person, it's just really affirming, reaffirming about the work that we're trying to do and that many women are doing together to really like lift each other up and make our whole bodies a, a priority, not just you know, our, our exterior, but like the interior part of us that's just like overlooked. I that. also wanted to add to that there's different reasons to get into this practice. And there's the women who, for us, for me, feels like an invisible almost part of our culture, which is the perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. Mm-hmm. And it's an amazing tool for women at that stage of life for so many different reasons, for lubrication, for um, thinning vaginal walls, for staying in a really like juicy, vital um, part of their sexuality through a time that's usually considered... The dry up years? Yeah, the dry up yeah. years. And it's 
amazing for them. And then mm-hmm. for women like me who have had kids or who are prepping for childbirth or who are going through postpartum and have had traumatic birth injury or um, muscular atrophy or just a loss of sensation, it's an amazing tool to resensitize and to re-get into that, like anchor that part of your body and really um, re-get to know yourself. And then there's women who haven't had kids at like all. Like me. Like you. And and for me, I was thinking about this the other day about like, why do I do this in the first place outside of all these other benefits? And I think for me, it's like helped me perfect the art of not giving a shit. Mm. Like I feel so much more at home in my own body and so much more self-love because that's really what this practice is about. It's cultivating self-love, self-acceptance. And um, I just don't care as much as I used to. And that is a new kind of liberation. I think that that's, at any stage of your life, that's accessible. But to, for me to feel that now at 27, I think is pretty exciting. Totally. Yeah. And, sorry, one question. Yeah. No, you go for it. I was just going to say, there's each woman that comes to us has a story. Like mm-hmm. the vagina obviously is one of the most personal mm-hmm. parts of your body. Could talk. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> vagina walls could talk. Vagina walls could talk. Can we name the episode? Yeah. That? Please. That's please so please do, do that. <laughs> That's so funny. So another thing that I particularly and we particularly are passionate about is this idea of kind of enculturated sexual trauma from our friends, from ourselves personally, from, I mean, all of the media, everything. It's... Also literal sexual trauma. Also literal sexual trauma. Yeah. And and this is something that... um, it's really, really a unique tool because it's not another person helping you work through it. It's you going into mm-hmm. like the somatic, physical, right. muscular memory, emotional memory that's stored. Like we all store emotions throughout our whole body. So mm-hmm. to have something that's gentle, passive, just mm-hmm. you're totally in control to help work through these the things that it brings up for you in being touched and have an object there and having something that you can work with um, to really see those things, I think is one of the most amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing benefits and potentially the greatest aspect of what this can do Mm -hmm. in terms of like broad reach. Yeah. You've just sold me on one. I've ah. not tried one yet, and I was kind of like, I don't know if we'll that's it. We'll give you one. We'll bring one. And in, now one. I'm like, no, I think that this is something mm, that we could a, all maybe. I'm going to get back into my practice. I think it can bring, just from personal experience in my own practice, and I think I'll speak for you too, and um, really going into this, we brought it to our community first, mm-hmm. and the layers of like profound emotional healing that was happening with the practice as deep as you go with it, it will go with you. Absolutely. And it's a really, really um, amazing thing. And I would say if you are getting into a practice, one of the ways to really tune in with what's up for you in that way, particularly like the kind of psychosomatic things that you're carrying, is to masturbate with it and mm. to do breath work That's with it. That's my personal yeah. favorite way to practice with it is I masturbate with mine all the time. And it is not uncommon for me to just like break down crying yeah. or... I've also had experiences where I'll just like let out this really angry yell mm-hmm. after yeah. like a particular experience or encounter that I had that left me feeling really yeah. angry or sometimes I'm since I'm totally crazy, but it's real. Like I'll just like burst out laughing in the middle of it. And it's, I think giving myself the gentleness with myself and the freedom to feel those things as they come up has really helped me release a lot of stored emotional energy. Yeah. And it's, great to release it in a neutral way on my own instead of depending on a partner to help me get there. Interesting. So when you guys, if someone was to purchase a tulip egg, it comes with like an instruction. It it comes with an instruction manual. It's, um, and then we're writing a little ebook that you get that's included with your purchase and, um, are in the process of filling out our website with videos and blog posts. That's awesome information. Yeah, cool. So people can kind of try on whatever kind of practice works for them. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. And we, I think too, when we say like yoni or jade egg practice, uh, I think, I I wonder like when you think about the yoga practice or something else, um, how some people feel like they have to do it a certain way. Right. Like it's a prescribed thing. Mm -hmm. And then you get like yoga robots and that's like no good. Because you're not actually getting into the practice and making sure. it personalized, mm-hmm. and so I think that um, just as a as a note that when you're doing or starting or thinking about having a jade uh, jade practice, a jade egg yoni, yoni practice, um, 
take the pressure off of yourself to make it look a certain way, to make it feel a certain way, yeah. or to it's expect like good a certain across thing. Across the board life advice. Absolutely. <laughs> and to just like be gentle and learn to listen to what your body wants and to what feels good and what mm. doesn't feel good and to like ease off when that's when that happens and to really make the practice your own and everyone's going to have a different way that works best for them because quite literally all of our physiology is different we're all snowflakes with the way that we're neurologically hardwired for pleasure um literally so. you're you're the nerves that run down into your pelvic floor are completely different for every single woman. Mm-hmm. Some are clitorally oriented, some are G-spot oriented, some are anally oriented. Some just looks like this, if you can imagine, like the bottom of uh, the tree. roots of a kelp mm-hmm. and how it's just a, oh, this massive, tangled, beautiful network. And they grow and change and everybody's different. So it's really about your body and super, super listening to that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. This is really dope. You, you guys, guys have really illuminated the space about this I'm conversation. So glad. I think it's really beautiful how you guys are igniting a dialogue that we're not accustomed to having. Totally. And like just with those articles, it was like so polarized. Mm-hmm. It really seemed like extreme claims of the positive yeah. and then extreme yeah. claims yeah. of the negative and there yeah. was no... I would love for you guys, I mean, this is obviously going to be that, but like, I would, I'm so happy that people are getting to hear that kind of middle of the road, honest response to that because most things in life aren't so extreme like that. It's not a, it's not a magic pill. It's also not something that's going to kill you. Right. Right. It's really, and I mean, think about vaginas, like the vagina cunt, whatever, pussy, whatever you call it, is one of the most, like, polarizing topics totally. there can be. Mm-hmm. Anytime you bring it's it up, such people a have feared massive thing. reactions. Yeah. Massive reactions. It's because it's so powerful. I think that's why it's weird. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Of course. Mm-hmm. Down with the patriarchy, up all with the young All the pleasure, <laughs> all the life, <laughs> yeah. and everything comes from it. Yeah. Well, and there's this really interesting book. Um, Naomi Wolf wrote this book uh, named Vagina, and there's such good research in it, and she talks a lot about the chemical... Um, the chemical cascade that happens from orgasms and how the neurotransmitters that are actually released during deep, especially internal mm-hmm. G-spot orgasm, are the are the neurochemicals that make women feel super empowered, really creative, really powerful, really like on fire, like mm-hmm. that feeling when you're on. And that is something that we can, um, like most males can't continue ejaculate they can't continuously like orgasm they have orgasms and then you like, need and to then sleep. They need and that's also like yeah. neurologically hardwired for them too that's like a biological response for most men. and and it's for not just women <laughs> for women no, we can i tired i and i got to sleep yeah <laughs> but for women it's something that can continuously grow and grow and grow and so in this book she theorizes actually that this whole idea around kind of the suppression of the vagina and the power of the vagina and rape culture and all of this pressure for vaginas to look, act, and be a certain way is because they actually are like the access door to this feeling that women can have of being totally empowered, totally embodied, like totally Mm. um, in the zone in whatever they're doing. And I think it's a really fascinating way to to look at it and then to be able to see the subtleties in our lives in general around how the female body is super sexualized but also really suppressed and the the Madonna whore complex. I mean, you go into the whole, that's a huge conversation, but I think it's particularly particularly ripe at the moment. I think so too. Definitely. Yeah, and, and also from like a wellness standpoint, we all spend so much time, well, not all of us, but a lot of us are looking Maybe at... if you're w- listening to this show, perhaps. Maybe. It might be you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, trying to eat well, take care of ourselves, get enough sleep, exercise, do all these things. And I feel like sex and pleasure often gets left out of that equation. And we're sexual beings. And there's... I feel like we're... Oh, specifically women are really, and men too, malnourished with like junk food sex, mm-hmm. right? And it's not, it, with all of these benefits that Keanu was just talking about, with all of the amazing balancing neurotransmitters that are released with orgasm, like you can really leverage that to have a more energized, balanced and creative and turned on life. And um, I think it just really changes the way that you interact with the world when you are attempting to bring that more into balance for yourself. Yeah. There's something we didn't mention, actually, which is one of the main things that the Yoni Egg, Jade Egg is known for, which is 
helping increase your orgasmic potential. Mm-hmm. And since we're talking about orgasms, it is something that um, as it's inside of you, it's waking up these tissues, these nerve endings, and it's really actually sensitizing a lot of orgasmic centers. I mean, your whole vagina can be an orgasmic center. Your whole center, body can be an orgasmic center. But like particular AFE zone, cervical, and G-spot. So those women, I mean, I'll share my story with it, but I had my first solo G-spot orgasm just a few months after starting my uni egg practice. I also like never would have described myself as someone who was had like a vagina or is like I you know I have a great sex life I, me and my clitoris go along great didn't even really know what a g-spot was and after a couple of months of practicing I had a g-spot orgasm and I was like holy lord <laughs> what is that <laughs> what have I been like missing out on and it was just because I didn't know and yeah there's mm-hmm. a myth too that women can't have g-spot orgasms or like some women just can't and that's absolutely false and mm-hmm. it's absolutely false and it's really really about waking up your body's ability to sense and it goes back mm-hmm. again to this idea of like the numb vagina and yeah we could go down that rabbit hole but well I think it's just like the culture that you're kind of describing is you're, it's a disconnection 100 percent 100 percent it's really not like what we would choose but it's kind of what we accept yeah right it's been normalized for us because we don't know what else is available to us and we like blame it on other people yeah mm-hmm. on on the guy or you on didn't the make that you're me come it's yeah. your fault yeah instead of being like i like to be touched like this no do it slower like deeper you know giving really specific direction yeah and that's sexy but it's know? also hard to kind of have that conversation with people when you're like just continuously, and I speak for myself, like mm-hmm. I've lived that where I'm just like continuously having like disconnected sex with people, mm-hmm. like kind of jumping around, like looking for something nonspecific. Right. Because you're right, like I was experiencing a disconnect with myself. And it really truly is, I think, the last place that we look for well being and wellness, mm-hmm. which is like, so funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like we could be doing literally everything yeah. else and not doing that. And it's, so much easier just to be like, I'm just focusing on myself right now. I'm yeah. not dealing with dating. And I'm just like, going to stay I'm, home and masturbate I'm focusing tonight, on myself <laughs> to like my belly button. Yeah. Like from like my belly button mm, to my brain. Yeah. And then like just hoping that the rest of it like works itself out. Yeah. And it's like, no. Yeah. Well, you need to do nourish that as yeah. much as you nourish mm. what you put in yeah. your mouth. Being fully integrated. In yeah. Way. And it's very interesting. I think it's interesting. Like where do you start with that? Again, for me, it's this idea of – um Traditionally, wisdom is passed down generationally, and we didn't come from any kind of generation where, or unless you're really lucky, specifically where our mothers or grandmothers were telling us, like, hey, this is how to take care of yourself in this way. I mean, there's things that have been traditional practices. The yoni egg has been a traditional practice. But not in, like, America. No, like, not, no not in America. Not no, like no, traditional exactly. America. Like, and I feel like our, I mean, speaking from my family and many people that I know, it's like, that specific generation of like yeah. European immigrant people who landed in America yeah. to the people that were then raised in America, yeah. like they were actually the most disconnected. Yeah, like absolutely. Completely. The women of like our grandmothers and mother's generation, completely. most of them, some are outliers and yeah. like you meet those women you're like, oh, you're like a dope yeah. gypsy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guys who like exactly. escaped like the patriarchal <laughs> hell. Good for you. You made it. Something, yeah. you're a magical, magical yeah. person. But like most of those women like that conversation of never there's women today who are in their 60s who just had their first orgasm because they literally totally. lived their entire mm-hmm. life in the 20th century not even totally. that, that was possible because their mothers were like yeah you're miserable you, you yeah. just stay miserable mm-hmm. you serve your husband yeah. you kind of hate yourself and your don't life. touch yourself ever you don't ever yeah. touch yourself Le- definitely wear super super tight uncomfortable bras yeah. and underwear yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know like that's why yeah. the, in the 60s they were burning their bras because it's like yeah. they were like rebelling but they t- they hadn't they were rebelling, but not like reacting yeah. in like the self care kind of way. Yeah, right. So crazy. And now our generation's like, we're gonna put crystals in our pussy, and there's nothing you can yeah, do exactly. about it. Exactly. <laughs> gonna sit over and steam them, and like, yeah. Oh my god, I want to do map, that. Have you, know? you done that? The yes. V seam. We I, have to do that. It feels really good. There. I'm dying to V seam. So much to talk about there, but really, yes, we could do that. Time, Maybe that's time. another episode. Yeah. Another episode. Ugh, for dying sure. to V seam. Keanu and Kayla Reeves. No relation to Keanu. None. We love you. Yeah, we love you. I'm so excited for people to hear this because. I yeah. feel 
yeah. feel like it's just really important. Yeah. Tell mm-hmm. us where our listeners can find you and your beautiful jade eggs. Great. So our website is thetulip.co. And you can find us on Instagram. We are the tulip is our handle. Um, we also have a Facebook page. Which modern. Is also, oh. yes, very modern. <laughs> modern. I, I believe it's We Are the Tulip. We too. Are the Tulip. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then we have a promo code for our listeners, which is retrograde. retrograde. Mm-hmm. Original. And our listeners get 20% off yes. a beautiful jade egg, responsibly sourced. Exactly. Yeah. That's something so that's... Yeah, just quickly, the, the nephrite jade so, is what you guys use. Mm-hmm. So we have an amazing, amazing mine that we work with personally in Canada. And they're wonderful. They do small batch mine. And it's it's completely unpolished. There's nothing added to it. It's the most beautiful jade. And they do a really good job mm-hmm. of taking care of the environment, too. So we're really proud and we were really specific when we were finding a jade source that we wanted it to be like the most pristine, best quality, but also responsibly mined. Jade specifically is really healing for just feminine energy and grounding, really grounding, very gentle, very like yin stone. I think we, we tend to not include that so much in when we talk about a yoni practice because I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to say that your crystal doesn't have that property, but if it does right on, but more to recognize that I think when people associate those specific qualities to a stone, it takes the power away from yeah. themselves. That's Ooh. innate to them to themselves and their own ability to, to heal. Right. So it's not the jade that's healing you, it's you healing you and the egg is just this physical object that you're using to assist in that process. That's yeah. beautiful. But don't go putting other physical objects inside. No, of you. Okay. no, no, no. <laughs> it depends no. what it is. I mean, is. you could. But <laughs> what are other things you recommend putting? No, <laughs> yeah. that's another show as well. <laughs> awesome, you guys are amazing. Thank you so oh, we much. Love you. It's Thank been you. Such a pleasure Thank you. to be here. Yay. Real pleasure. Yay. Thank you. These are amazing. So good. Yes, that's a retrograde. It's a time for roses and thorns. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't know why we're still doing our own jingle. I think we should play the proper one now. <laughs> roses and thorns. Okay. Okay, so. So. Okay, so. Let's talk let's about it. get into it. All right. Rose. Elizabeth? Oh. I'm going to tell you mine. Okay. I was like, is it my turn? I'm not ready. Fuck. Uh, So my rose is this. Over the past month plus, I have developed a very ritualized meditation practice in front of an altar that I built, which I think we talked about this on a previous episode, and maybe some of you might have seen it on my Instagram story because I spend a lot of time (laughs) there. Um, And it's been over 30 days of me doing the same a little bit different. I mean, I pull a different card every day. Like I journal a little bit sometimes and I change my mantras. Like there's four of them that I use, but like mostly it's like the same kind of thing. 10 to 20 minutes, depending on how much time I have in meditation. Then I always do like my gratitude list and this other thing that I'm doing. And it like is the the other thing that you're doing. It's something that the owl prescribed to me. Okay. But it's like, what is it? Another writing exercise. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's like, the first time in my life I've always meditated but it's never been ritualized like this it's never been like surrounding like okay this is my time in the morning and when the mercury first went retrograde it was like I skipped a day and then I did it at the end of the day and it was like it was kind of hard for me to like find the time and that made me realize how much I really enjoyed doing it and it wasn't like a it wasn't like I was forcing myself to do it it was like this is a gift that I give to myself so it's been over 30 days and it's the first time in my life where I really can see concrete results and like a manifested in the real world differences from that practice so amazing it's so amazing like I'm obsessed with the the fact that like I just made a commitment to myself to like try something like try turning my perspective around try like giving myself the gift of myself but it's like I wake up a little bit earlier like I plan my day around Mm. that experience and it's been miraculous transformative transformative and I'm so it's also like led me to realize once you're like tapping into like yourself on that level, like it's totally that cheesy quote of like what you the answer is like within you. It's like I can like know what I need now, mm-hmm. even on like on like a medical level. I'm like I think I need like this vitamin. It's like it's all coming to me because you're I'm giving just like yourself space, quieting down. Yeah. So that's my rose, and 
if anyone's on that kind of journey, I would love to hear from you and hear what you're doing. A lot of people have reached out to me to ask me about my practice and mine's just kind of a mixture of different things that have been given to me from different healers. And most of those people have been on this show. So you guys can kind of also piecemeal practice together for yourselves based on things that you've liked from things that we've talked about. Yeah. So you're welcome. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. The, I know we've talked about this. I started at the beginning of the year with Mikey Dimitrovich's suggestion. Yeah. He was like, you need to be meditating every day. Like, no more excuses. Mm-hmm. And I started that first day at three minutes. Like, that was all I could muster. And I'd obviously meditated before, but not in, like, a stringent, like, practice that I was committed to. Yeah. And three went to five minutes, five minutes went to 10, and now I'm at 15. Yeah. And it's such, I notice the difference when I don't do it. Yeah. And I, it's it, it, just as you said, you're giving yourself an opportunity. It's a gift to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I never had that mentality before. It's so amazing to witness the shift. We're growing up. We are growing up. But what's also, I will say, interesting is that there are, there is a strange side effect, which is an inconvenient side effect that I'm still kind of working through, which is that, there are certain parts of my life, whether it be habits or people or just kind of ways that I've identified with being Stephanie that have had to stop. Take a back seat. They've had to not only take a back seat, they've had to fully die. Find another car. They've had to die. And it's challenging to to like let go of certain things that you identify with or certain people that you associate with. And right. Uh, that's that for me is the most challenging. Something that I do is I actually use the spray that Ambie gave me. She gave me her release spray. And so before I meditate, I say I um, release that which no longer serves me and in, in my highest good and for those involved. So I kind of like lend lend it to like if it's not serving me to be in this relationship or for me to have this habit, then it's probably not really serving anybody. anybody. On that meditation, yeah. to add to your rose bouquet. Yeah. I will say we had a really incredible experience with a hypnotist last week. Oh, love. Morgan Yarkis. I think it's Yakis. No R. I don't think there's an R. How about this? Morgan. Yeah. She, uh, I think her website is Mind Waves. Cool. And we met with her and it hypnosis was not like, I think, my preconceived notion of what I'd see in movies or even seen kind of in like more like performance aspects where people are kind of completely taken Well, there was no pendulum swinging. There was not. We met with Morgan. It was more of like a meditative... Intuitive conversation. Intuitive conversation in which you really are going back into the quote-unquote like files you have in your brain and reprogramming because all of these experiences we have our whole life, we have one like triggering reaction to it and then that's always going to be the reaction Mm -hmm. so it was really going back for for instance it can be anything from like stressors to like something more intense to trauma but just reprogramming our our mind's way of thinking totally and what an incredible experience I think what you're trying to say is the idea of noticing what the ways in which you want to change your thought patterns or your behavior and then going really taking what she does is kind of coach you into the place in your brain where you see the inception of that feeling and then you can kind of like coax yourself or talk to yourself. Shrink it down. Shrink it down into like... Burn it. Into just like realizing that it's your brain is just like a landscape of perception and it's within your control and within your power with the help of a guide to just change those things so you don't have to live in a way that's like basically holding you hostage essentially like a yoni egg for your brain completely yeah. great 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 Thanks. great way Just to tie bring it in it back thorn okay my thorn <sighs> some of you may have seen this on the gram sorry about my face in those videos however trader joe's girl <laughs> i bought canned matcha cold matcha from trader joe's in an attempt to conveniently feed my new habit of matcha drinking And I was stoked. Thanks, Trader Joe's. Yeah. I was like, this is great. It's canned matcha. I can take it with me. It's like a cold brew, but it's green tea. I'm like super fucking down. And then I drank 
two of them. And both times I like didn't feel at all caffeinated. I felt fucking exhausted after. And it was like wigging me out. I was like, why is this making me more tired? And I like, I was kind of blaming it on myself. Like, oh, you're just that tired that you're like impervious to, I don't even know if that's the right word. If you're. No No one's clocking it. Yeah. That you're just like not able to be affected by like large quantities of caffeine. Like that's how tired you are. This yeah. is my inner dialogue. Which didn't make sense either because I've been getting a strong eight hours. And then I just turned the can around. I can't believe I didn't do – this is also a thorn to myself. Like fucking read the ingredients. But I just blindly trusted. Mm. And like the second ingredient was xanthan gum. Huh? I don't know her. Which did some research on the xanthan gum. Mm-hmm. You often see I, – I notice it in like if you look in like vegan cookbooks for like baked goods, it's used as a binder. Right. And a thickener. So in this instance, I think it was probably used for the consistency, which is pretty gross because I'm like, don't we just want it like – Just like shake it and drink it. like water. Um, anyway, uh, it's not it, – it is a proven laxative and it can like – kind of upset your digestive system. But it's derived from wheat and soy. That's what I read, that it's like it's pulled from wheat. So it's like a glutinous kind of like thing. We need more – It's it's because it said xanthan gum from wheat and soy. So it's like pulled from the grains to, I'm assuming, keep the matcha a certain consistency. Yeah, it just seems unnecessary for that. I understand it's a preservative, okay, a thickener. All right. I I don't, don't know. There's no under, there's like, I'm someone with like a strong reaction to like everything that's wheat oriented. Right. And yeah, it's my bad that I didn't read it, but like, let us not put things in food they don't need. Like it's along with certain like almond butters. They have cane sugar in it. It's like, why does my almond butter need cane sugar? It really doesn't need that. Right. So that's my main thorn. I'm with you. I don't. I want to do more research on xanthan gum, and if you guys have any hot any tips hot on xanthan gum, please send them our we're way. We're all ears. We had an awesome uh, write-in from a lovely listener named Taylor who said, "Thanks for enlightening me on that matcha stuff." Mm-hmm. She goes, "What some? But what are some of your favorite Trader Joe's foods?" Okay, so here's my thing. My list of things I like from TJ's. I don't actually really shot there that much. This was kind of like a random pop-in for me. But the things that I do like there are the pre-prepared beets from the cold section. It's just like peeled beets mm-hmm. in water and it's so convenient. The reason why I don't usually buy beets is because I don't want to like ordeal. cook them and deal with them. So it's just like a great way to like chop them and throw them in a salad or whatever. And I love eating beets during my period. It's a really good thing for you to do. Hot tip. Um, then they also have like the bag tiny sweet peppers from the cold section, which are a really fun thing to dip in a hummus or stuff with a goat cheese or just eat as a snack. And my third favorite thing from Trader Joe's is sunflower butter. I don't. No sugar. No. Okay. So there's two kinds that they sell. There's the sun butter brand, which has cane sugar in it. And then there's actually the Trader Joe's brand, which doesn't have any cane sugar. And recently I've just been feeling like I've been eating too many almonds. Because I'll have like almond butter, almond milk, almonds. It's like everything that I've substituted now comes in the form of an almond. And we've had this conversation. And I just like don't want to do it. It's like I either want almond butter or almond milk every day, not Not both. both. And I prefer an almond milk to a hemp milk in my coffee or my um, tea. That's just kind of the flavor that I prefer. So sun butter also was recommended to me because sunflower seeds are really good at balancing estrogen levels in the body which apparently I'm working on. So the sunflower butter from Trader Joe's without the cane sugar is so fucking delicious. It is delish. I've had it at your house. Two snacks I've been making. Buckwheat cracker with some ghee, sunflower butter, and jelly is like such a good like dessert style snack. Or just straight up sunflower butter on a banana. Hey now. Yeah. My Trader Joe's picks also in – you can find it by the prepared beets are the lentils. Oh, yeah, those are good. Pre-prepared lentils. Really good. Love those. Also, the cauliflower rice. Mm -hmm. Delicious. I make like a kind of like an Asian stir-fried fried rice thing with like ginger and it's delish. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really enjoy – I usually like to get like my olive oils and that type of stuff there because, I don't know, I trust it and it seems really well-priced. Okay. So – Great. Those are the Trader Joe's thing, and then like always have like a bag of the organic spinach and like those kinds of things that just like help me like keep. What I do is I get the lettuce from like salad lettuce from Trader Joe's, and then I go to Erewhon in the salad bar and get all the accoutrement. You need to 
start going to the farmer's market. I do go to the farmer's market. To get your lettuce? Yeah, but sometimes I run out midweek. Right. I always need it. Like, I, that's the one thing I always need in my fridge. Interesting. To, like, keep it going. Because I, like, saute it or whatever. It just, it's, like, the base. I find that if I buy the big bag of lettuce from the farmer's market, the loose ones, then I don't need to replace midweek because it stays fresher because it starts fresher. Word up. That's the one thing that I hate about buying packaged lettuces from the from the from the supermarket is they're like already started wilting by the mm. time that they get to those shelves. So yeah. that's why you're like, why does it go bad so fast? It's like it's already started going bad before you even got it. Yeah. But like always farmers market whenever possible. Obviously. Yeah, that's the bottom line here. Clearly. All right. You guys Have we are done amazing. It? We've done it. So just want to say again at the tulip.co, we are doing twenty percent off for the next week. You guys, you should get one. It's worth the investment, and especially with this discount. I'm not seeing like Yoni eggs discounted often, but for you guys. And I really would take to heart what they said about about the mineral because no one's going to tell you that truth because they just want to sell you an egg. Right. So so true. They're, we'll tell they're you. dope, and I love it. I've been using mine for a while. I'm gonna, I took a break because I lost it, but I'm going to bring it back. And I'm going to try it, and I'll let you guys know. Tell us all about your Yoni experiences. Can't wait. All right, you guys are wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. We adore you. Namaste listening. Love to love ya. Yes, that's a retrograde.